My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience, your 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or your workout. Well, we've got a new COVID variant with a very interesting name. It's an interesting story on how we got that name. Meanwhile, Joe Biden issues travel bans for it. Fauci won't rule out more lockdowns. That's nice. I have some good news on it, though. There's also a new report that says the Biden administration let tens of thousands of unvetted Afghans into America instead of the right ones. Two news agencies are blaming the car for the people who were run down and killed in Waukesha. Three convicted in the killing of Ahmad Arbery, and Ahmad's dad said six words that are flying around the country. And Biden's answer to high gas prices? Well, increase the cost of oil leases. That ought to help. It's all coming up this hour of the Greg Knapp Experience. Actually, 20 to 30 minutes. All right, it starts now. So we've got this new variant. They're calling it Omicron. Now, here's the thing. The World Health Organization came out and admitted, yeah, we skipped a few Greek letters because we don't want to make people feel bad. So we're going to Omicron. So we skipped new and you because we were afraid people might thought it was new like N-E-W. And then we skipped Z-X-I because that's a common last name. Hmm, a common last name. Who is that common to? Oh, that's right. The president of China. <laughs> but I'm sure that had nothing to do with it. No, whose best practices for naming diseases suggests avoiding causing offense to any cultural, social, national, regional, professional, or ethnic groups. So that's why we did it. Man, I'll tell you what. If, if I'm a member of the sorority Alpha Omicron Pi, I'm upset right now. It's not fair. We're just a sorority. I know. It's very, here's what they do. They do it after the Greek alphabet. So we've already had alpha. We've got beta. We've got gamma. We got epsilon. We got eta. We got iota. We got kappa. We got zeta. We got mu. So the next one was going to be nu, but we already told you why that couldn't happen. Then it was z. We told you why that couldn't happen because of the president of China. I mean, we don't want to offend anybody's last name. So I'm telling you, all these Greek alphabet letters, these fraternities and sororities should be greatly offended and demand that this stop right now. I mean, isn't it hard enough to be in a fraternity or sorority in today's colleges? Everything's blamed on you. So will this be worse than Delta Omicron? And will it be more contagious? Will it be more deadly? We don't know. We just don't know. There is no science on this yet to tell us. And yet we have people already acting like it's time to shut down again. Well, no, they're not saying it's time to shut down. It's just Fauci said, you know, nothing's off the table. We don't know yet. We, do. we, do. we might have to. No. Uh, we do have some good news on this too that I'm going to get to in just a second. But the bottom line is we got to learn how to live with this thing because it's going to be around for a while and we can't just scramble around every time and shut down everything and lockdown and vaccine mandates and mass. And if science has taught us anything over these last two years is that these overreactions have not helped. And, and in fact, the graphs are showing almost identical growth and decreasing rates of these infections and hospitalizations and deaths, regardless of lockdown or not. And in fact, there are some countries where it seems like herd immunity was gained quicker and natural immunity by not doing all of the social distancing and lockdown and masking and everything else. That's science, okay? There are some studies that show one thing. There are some studies that show the other thing. But the Wall Street Journal points out, we probably don't want to panic over Omicron. Of course, some already have. Markets sold off worldwide on Friday after South Africa raised alarms on that new variant of concern. However, it looks like the panic was not really over 
the disease so much it is is it's a panic over what the governments might do, including shutdowns and travel bans. And we've already started the travel bans. So the Dow fell 2.5%. U.S. crude prices were down 13% because, hey, maybe people aren't going to be driving anymore. That might finally decrease your gas prices. Woo! Except you're not able to go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Omicron's mutations appear to make it more transmissible and may allow it to evade some of the vaccine immune response, at least we think. There's no proof of any of this yet. Keep in mind the other variants that came to dominate local areas, California's Epsilon, Brazil's Gamma, South Africa's Beta, have not taken off around the world as some scientists initially feared. So is it time to do all of the travel bans? We'll get to that in a second. Now, there's also a couple other things to look at. BioNTech and Pfizer say they can quickly adjust their mRNA vaccine to combat the new variant if that is necessary. Moderna says they can do the same thing too with their booster. Now, the problem is the FDA first has to give them a green light. The other problem is when you modify a vaccine for a new variant, it may make it less effective against all the other variants. And vaccines are supposed to, and I believe they do, generate T-cell immune protection beyond antibodies that variants cannot easily evade. So would it be 100%? No. Would it be 95%? No. I mean, look what was already happening with the Delta variant, and especially over time, it drops down. But there's other good news. Antiviral COVID pills. Right now, Merck and Pfizer both have one. And they have shown remarkable success in trials at preventing severe illness. So if you get COVID, you take the pill, you have much less severe illness, much less chance of being hospitalized, how do I say that? Hospitalized. Thank you. And much less chance of dying. So that's a good thing. But the FDA hasn't approved it yet. Why? Is it because they're afraid that if there's a pill that's approved, you might not get vaccinated? That's not your job. Your job is to prove medicines that can help save lives. So hopefully they will. Both drug makers have licensed their pills to other manufacturers, so you can make a ton of them, should be widely available within months, and the Biden administration, to their credit, has ordered 13 million courses of those two drugs. Good, and I think they should be ordering more. Now, as we mentioned, travel restrictions didn't stop the Delta variant or the Alpha or the original Wuhan strain. So is now a time for travel bans? I can see both sides of this. Um, you want to do things that you think can stop it at the beginning. But if it didn't work in the past, what makes you think it's going to happen now? Could it slow it down? I don't know. Well, some countries are already overreacting. Austria has shut down again. Germany flirting with another national lockdown. Belgium announced it would close nightclubs and prohibit private parties except for weddings and funerals. But what we found from the last couple years is lockdowns don't work and they actually produce more harm than they actually help. But, you know, who's going to really listen to science? Is it really about science? Or is it about, listen, it's much easier to be the doom and gloom guy. If you say, look, we've got to shut everything down and people are going to die. And then you shut it down and people still die. You can say, well, if we hadn't shut down, imagine how many more would die. But if you say, hey, you know what? We should keep it open and really just protect the most vulnerable. Have them stay at home, wear a mask around them, you know, treat them as much as possible. And then people die. You go, see, you didn't lock down. Yeah, it's kind of tough that way. So will the politicians be able to stand up against the pressure that will come if more people start to die? It's a good thing to look at. I'm gonna, just a second, I'm going to tell you about that travel ban and about what the South African doctor said that's good news 
about this variant. But hey, if you're enjoying the show, I'm really asking you to be a part of the movement where we push back on the far left, we get this information out to as many people as possible, and we rally around what makes America exceptional. So if you like the show, please share with three friends and ask them to tell three friends and so on and so on. I don't have a lot of money to advertise this thing, uh, so I would really appreciate you to help me with that. You can like the Greg Knapp Experience Facebook page. That's great. And then, of course, just listen to the podcast wherever you can find it. And it's everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, got the video up on YouTube and Rumble. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So stock futures are up. Oil investors weighing in on the Omicron variant. And it looks like they're saying, yeah, we overreacted. We're going to try and react the other way today. That could be a good thing for your portfolio and for our economy. Um, South African doctor, the first one that really raised the alarm on Omicron, she's come out and said, you know, the symptoms were so different and so mild. Rebecca Downs reporting. It's Dr. Angelique Coetzee. She was the South African doctor who informed the country's vaccine advisory committee about this, talking to the Telegraph. She said she had these different patients coming in from all kinds of different backgrounds and ethnicities, and they had intense fatigue. She even had a six-year-old child with a very high pulse rate. None suffered from a loss of taste or smell. She said the good news is that their symptoms went away quickly. She said they were mostly healthy men. They turned up feeling very tired. About half of them were unvaccinated. She said there was a six-year-old child, high temperature, I followed up two days later. She was so much better. So she's seeing so far that it looks like they're more mild symptoms and that people were getting better without being hospitalized. So maybe it's not as bad. Then there's Tulio de Oliveira, the director of South Africa's Center for Epidemic Response and Innovation, who said that the virus has a very unusual constellation of mutations and then criticized countries like the United States, the UK and South Korea for enacting travel restrictions on South Africa and other African nations, saying the world should provide support to South Africa and Africa and not discriminate or isolate it. By protecting and supporting it, we will protect the world. And it's interesting because I can see the case being made for the fact that South Africa is being punished for telling the truth, right? As soon as South Africa admitted there was an Omicron variant and people were getting sick by it, then countries around the world started restricting travel to South Africa. So I understand both sides of this. You say, well, we got to restrict. That's where it's coming from. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe we can stop it. The other side is, well, so countries should hide it now? Because as soon as we tell you we found a new variant, you're going to restrict travel and hurt our economy? Hmm. There's always the unintended consequences. Meanwhile, Dr. Anthony Fauci on This Week ABC, when asked about new lockdowns or mandates to combat Omicron, said, quote, it's really too early to say. We just really need to, as I've said so often, prepare for the worst. Yeah, and he and Rand Paul and Ted Cruz went at it because Fauci on Face the Nation was asked about Ted Cruz asserting that Fauci should be prosecuted for allegedly lying to Congress about gain-of-function research, and there's an awful lot of evidence showing that he did. And Fauci's response? I have to laugh at that. I should be prosecuted? What happened on January 6th, Senator? Okay, what does Senator Ted Cruz have to do with January 6th? Nothing. And by the way, people are being prosecuted for January 6th. <laughs> Fauci added he believes that one must be asleep if they don't understand that he's being made into a scapegoat to deflect from Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump's not the president anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. By the way, more have died under Biden from the COVID 
uh, than Donald Trump. Well, the host of the show, Margaret Brennan, suggested Republicans are playing politics around matters of life and death. <laughs> but Fauci isn't, right? Well, Fauci responded, exactly, exactly. To me, that's unbelievably bad because all I want to do is save people's lives. And I mean, anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. Really? I mean, wait a second. You're Mr. Science? Yeah, I said, it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. Your science? Okay, how many times have you been wrong? Uh, on the mass, right? Don't wear the mask, wear the mask, don't wear the mask, wear the mask. On the vaccines, these vaccines are 95% effective. All right, over time, they're not as much. All right, with this one, they're not. All right, hey, with the vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask. Oh, wait, now with the vaccine, you do have to wear a mask. Um, herd immunity, you know, it only have to be, if we can get up to 65% of people, I mean, 70%, I mean, 75%, I mean, 80%. Oh, we can do Natural immunity doesn't even want to talk about it. This guy is science? To me, I represent science. And he said, you know, it's, 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 that's more dangerous. That, that's dangerous than, than the slings and arrows that have been thrown at me. If you damage science, you're doing something very detrimental to society long after I leave. Dude, Fauci, look in the mirror. No one is damaging science more in the United States of America than you for the last two years. You have been damaging science. Senator Rand Paul said, the absolute hubris of someone claiming they represent science. It's astounding and alarming that a public health bureaucrat would even think to claim such a thing, especially one who has worked so hard to ignore the science of natural immunity. Bingo from Rand Paul. And then Senator Cruz just laid out the case for him lying to Congress. Fauci is an unelected technocrat who has distorted science and facts in order to exercise authoritarian control over millions of Americans. He lives in a liberal world where his smug, I represent science attitude is praised. Here are the facts. On May 11, Fauci testified before a Senate committee that NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Two, on October 20, NIH wrote they funded an experiment at the Wuhan lab testing if, quote, spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor in the mouse model, end quote. That is gain-of-function research. And then he goes on and on and on about this. Yeah, there's an awful lot of information, some would even say facts, that make it look like Fauci lied to Congress. But what about January 6th? I have no idea what that has to do with anything. The State Department has issued Do Not Travel advisories to South Africa and seven nearby countries. South Africa, Zimbabwe, Namibia, Mozambique, Malawi, Lesotho, Eswatini, Botswana. I hope I'm pronouncing all those countries correctly. All put under a level four do not travel advisory by the U.S. State Department Saturday. Why is Biden so racist? Why is he such a xenophobe? What are you talking about? Well, I mean, all those countries are in Africa. Oh, well, I mean, it just happens to be that way. I mean, that would, it, that would be horrible. That would be like, you know, accusing you know, President Trump of doing the same thing. Oh, that's right. Let's go in the Wayback Machine to Joe Biden's tweets while he was running for president against Donald Trump. So here it is. Biden's tweet back in the day. We are in the midst of a crisis with the coronavirus. We need to lead the way with science, not Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, and fear-mongering. He's the worst possible person to lead our country through a global health emergency. That was done right after he banned the travel from China because of the China virus. And Biden wasn't done there. He also tweeted out things like this. A wall will not stop the coronavirus. Banning all travel from Europe or any other part of the world will not stop it. That was March 2020. This disease could impact every nation and any person on the planet. 
and we need a plan to combat it. Yeah, remember when he said he had a plan and he was going to crush COVID? It was going to kill it and stop it? Mm-hmm. Biden also referred to Trump's restriction of migration from certain African countries as a disgrace. Vice President Kamala Harris called Trump's restrictions un-American. These are all before they decided to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the media is panicking because, hey, this new COVID variant could, could hurt Joe Biden's agenda. That wouldn't be right. They used it to destroy Donald Trump's presidency and make it so he wasn't reelected. But you can't do that with Biden. Last year, to attack then-President Trump, then-presidential candidate Biden promised to end the COVID-19 pandemic. During a presidential debate, he bluntly promised, I will end this. Noting that 220,000 Americans had died from COVID at the time, Biden declared during the debate, quote, Anyone who is responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. And of course, he blamed Donald Trump and said Trump shouldn't remain president. So now more have died under his watch, 350,000 since Inauguration Day, than died under Trump. So I'm wondering when Biden's going to resign. What do you mean? Well, I mean, he said you shouldn't remain president if you're responsible. Well, he's not responsible for it. Only Donald Trump was. Yeah, I understand. There's double standards here. COVID deaths now higher than we had in 2020, despite the fact that Biden had the benefit of vaccines, better therapies, and more clinical experience on how to handle it. NBC Today Sunday anchor Chuck Todd said this, does Biden take this opportunity to push back at all the Republicans, particularly in various states that have been anti-vaccine mandate, anti-mandates in general, hesitant on the vaccines? Because if we do not find out that certainly vaccinated individuals are in much better shape with this new variant than unvaccinated individuals, does the president use this opportunity to basically use the bully pulpit, push back against all of this vaccine misinformation that's out there, grab a hold of this because this social spending bill, all of his other political problems, none of them can be solved until COVID is behind behind us. Maybe we should compare some of the blue states that did all these things that Chuck Todd is talking about to the red states. Oh, and by the way, these red states, there's not a single governor I know who's against vaccines. They're against the vaccine mandate, the unconstitutional federal vaccine mandate. That's what they're opposing, not vaccines. In fact, these red states have great vaccination rates. Uh, well, case in point, Florida. Florida has a great vaccination rate. And by the way, they now have the lowest coronavirus cases per capita as the blue states are surging. Hannah Blee, uh, sorry, Hannah Blow pointing this out. Florida now has a rate of six per 100,000. That is the lowest in the nation. Governor DeSantis pointed this out last week when he was in Brandon, Florida. Let's go, Brandon. Yes, that's exactly right. DeSantis said, they don't want to tell you this, but Florida, for like almost a month, has been either the lowest or one of the lowest COVID in the entire country. Yep, right now it's the lowest again. He says, you see it surging in other parts. The corporate media, they don't like it when it surges in other parts. They only like it when it surges in places they don't like. So let's check a few of those blue states. Gretchen Whitmer's Michigan, she's a Democrat. They're averaging 85 per 100,000 instead of Florida's six. 88% increase in Michigan over the last two weeks in cases, 11% increase in hospitalizations. Florida's have gone down 12%. All right, how about New York? How about that deep blue state? 34 per 100,000 cases. That's a 37% increase over the last two weeks. Hospitalizations up 27%. How about Pennsylvania, another blue state? 49 per 100,000, an increase of 40% of cases in the last two weeks. Hospitalizations up 25%. 
Maybe we should ask Chuck Todd about those states and their vaccines. Hmm. Nick Monroe pointing out, Biden administration has allowed tens of thousands of unvetted Afghans into the U.S. There's a new report. There's a recent congressional memo. The Washington Examiner did a lengthy piece on this. And one of the sources described that the Biden administration upended standard, upended standard vetting protocols and made up their own procedures. The Examiner piece says the Biden administration brought in mostly unqualified people from Afghanistan. 75% of the 82,000 people we brought in did not meet the standard of being an American citizen or being a green card holder or being accepted in the Afghan special immigrant visa program. 75% did not fit those three things. And that was supposed to be the things that you use to get people out. They said, no, no, the, the real important thing was just filling up the planes with people so it would look good on TV. A main tool for the Biden White House was simply checking the names of Afghans who were trying to leave against our known terrorist and criminal databases. That was basically all we did. And of course, many of these people didn't have IDs anyway. That screening, rather than vetting, is said to be all there was to it. And the only time vetting interviews were done at all was when the fleeing Afghanistans had their identity flagged in the biometrics or the phone records. So if they didn't show up in any of these little quick databases, then wave them on through. We got to get these planes full. We got to look good. The memo adds people screening the Afghans did not have training and identifying counterfeit documents. People on the stateside thought the ones overseas were doing the vetting. The ones overseas thought the ones stateside were going to do the vetting. At least 10 evacuees who made it past the initial screenings from Afghanistan and made it to the U.S. are currently being detained as national security threats. Nice. The Washington Examiner also added that people showed up at air bases in places like Germany and Spain without any idea at all, and the DHS mandate was to accept Afghan refugees' claims of being who they said they were. I mean, why do you need ID? The DHS claimed otherwise in their response, of course, to the Washington Examiner, but they were incapable of providing any stats to back the statement up. Another source told the Examiner, people who fled Afghanistan were not sent to a third-party location to treat them like refugees with further processing. Because then the Biden administration would have had to admit their failure in their chaotic withdrawal from Kabul. Oh, no, I'm sure it's all fine. I don't know how that could have gone any better. Oh, no. Wait to hear what's going on with this whole Waukesha thing. All right. So Waukesha, we had we had someone, and they believe it was Daryl Brooks Jr., but innocent until proven guilty, right? Drive through this parade, purposefully turning into, according to witnesses, children and the elderly, and killing now six and injuring um, dozens of others, right? Well, the Waukesha Parade suspect, Daryl Brooks Jr., was also a really bad rapper where he rapped about drugs, guns, murder, F Donald Trump, uh, threatening violence to white people. It was great. F a pig and a judge. That's how I'm going to live it. Man, we are asking for too long. Now they got to give it. And I got homies in themselves trying to fight the system. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do too many of his lyrics because I don't want to really give him uh, any kind of publicity. But he said things like, this, that, F Donald Trump, flow and whoever hate it. He raps in one song titled X. I done shot a lot of pistols and sold a lot of coke. And this guy is a career criminal with battery and drug sales and just all kinds of stuff in his criminal history. 
He also has a track called Genocide about violence, poverty, and the AIDS epidemic. And in the chorus, it repeats, just grab a trigger and pull it, what you're waiting for. He does have one song where he gets mad at Obama. He said, is Obama really for the blacks? If he is, why the F we still in the trap? Why the F we still selling crack? But it sure looks like his opinions line up with a lot of people on the far left and with a lot of people who think race is the systemic problem of America, a lot of the BLM stuff. Well, the Waukesha court had set his bail at $5 million last week because of the parade massacre. But of course, that was weeks after a Milwaukee court freedom on $1,000 bail after he'd already jumped another bail. And that was for punching a woman in the face and running her over with the same SUV that he appears to have used in this attack. Isn't that nice? Now, if this guy was white and had written F. Biden rap songs, do you think we would be hearing something about the problems of white supremacy in America and how that's the biggest threat? I mean, we're already hearing that because of January 6th, for goodness sakes. Could you imagine? But is there any BLM-type group being blamed for this? At all? Or is that some new heightened thing we should be paying attention to according to the mainstream media? No, in fact, what we get are a couple tweets from a couple of the left wing news organizations blaming the car. Uh, yeah, you ready? CNN, the tweet. Waukesha will hold a moment of silence today, marking one week since a car drove through a city Christmas parade, killing six and injuring scores of others. Did you catch that? Marking one week since a car drove through a city Christmas parade. The car did it. I mean, there's no driver. The car just, <laughs> the car did it. That would be like talking about Columbine and saying, it's been X number of years since a gun went off killing 15 people. Yeah, the gun just went off. There was nobody firing it or nothing. One week since a car drove through a city Christmas parade. By the time CNN took all of its abuse on Twitter, they finally rewrote it. But the article in C CNN posted it wasn't until the final paragraph of the article they even mentioned Daryl Brooks as the suspect. <laughs> and then there was uh, there was another one by the Washington Post. Yeah, the Washington Post ran a headline that read, here's what we know so far on the sequence of events that led to the Waukesha tragedy caused by an SUV. It was caused by the SUV. Some of the SUV just grabbed this guy and threw him in the driver's seat and then forced him to drive into children and elderly in a parade and kill them. This, this is one crazy SUV, man. We better, is this a Tesla? Is this some kind of self-drive? No, 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 no. The Washington Post finally deleted the headline and changed it to, what we know so far in the sequence of events that led to the Waukesha tragedy. Again, they still wouldn't talk about, they didn't even mention Daryl Brooks in the article. No, there's no, there's no bias in the media. Everything's fine. Move along. Nothing to see here. Brooke Singman wrote this piece about the White House standing by the idea of ending cash bail. We don't need cash bail. I mean, who needs cash bail? No, 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 no. Because that just means that we've got two levels of justice. We can't have a separate criminal justice system for wealthy Americans, said the White House official. Okay, wait a second. How about we just um, have a sliding scale? I have no problem with that because it should, the whole point of the bail, if we think that you might not come back for the trial and sentencing, then we have to have a bail high enough that you won't skip town. That's the point. Otherwise, they just leave. That's what, that's what the Waukesha guy did. So 
I agree when the White House said the decision to hold defendants should be based on the threat they pose to society, not their ability to pay bail. I agree. So if you don't give him any bail, it's because he's too big of a threat because of what you've seen. If you give him some bail, it should be enough to hold him there. So do a sliding scale fee. I have no problem with that. But the idea that you just throw it out, then how in the world are you going to get them to come back? By the way, this is, this is going on while we've had an increase in murders in the U.S. of 30% in 2020. That's the largest single-year increase since the FBI began tracking it. And the overall violent crime rate is up 5%. Gee, I wonder why. I mean, it couldn't have anything to do with not enforcing the law. It couldn't have anything to do with all the riots that were going around all summer. It couldn't have anything to do with letting people shoplift like they've been doing now across the country. It couldn't have anything to do with any of that. No, 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 no. I'm sure not. Hey, here's some good news. Uh, Ahmad Arbery, I'm sure you watched what happened there. The people who shot and killed him and were involved with that, were all found guilty. And if you watched the trial or read the details about it, it sure looked like the right decision. Just like the Rittenhouse decision looked like the right decision if you watched it. It looks to me like we had two cases that were decided exactly right by a jury that actually paid attention to the facts. That's how our system is supposed to work. The only part of the system that didn't work right is the prosecution going against Rittenhouse in the way they did. It sure looked like they were violating his rights, and that's why the judge got so upset there. But here's the thing. So Amun Arbery's killers were found guilty. His dad, Marcus Arbery Sr., said six words that should be reverberating all around America. All lives matter not just blacks. All lives matter, not just blacks. That's from Marcus Arbery Sr. And immediately we had people like MSN trying, no, no, he didn't say all lives matter. He said all life matters. Oh, well, let me let, let you hear exactly what he said. Hang on. See if we can get this to work. There you go. We talk about that list tomorrow. Yes. We got that list tomorrow. This history today, letting you know that blacks kill life don't matter. For real, all life matters. Not just black children. We don't want to see nobody go through this. Amen. I don't want to see no daddy watch the kid get lynched and shot down like that. So it's all our problem. It's all our problem. So, hey, let's keep fighting. Let's keep doing it and making this place a better place for all human beings. Amen. All human beings. Amen. Everybody. Amen. Love everybody. Love everybody. All human beings need to be treated equally. We've been to conquer this lesson. Man, that is great. All human beings should be treated equally. All life matters. Yeah. How about that? How about that? MSN said, yeah, what he actually said was all life matter. Okay. He said, we conquered that lynch mob. We got that lynch mob letting you know that black kid's life don't matter. So he's trying to say, these people didn't care about my kid's life. But then he goes, for real, all life matter. Not just black children. We don't want to see nobody go through this. Amen. Absolutely right. And yet, well, he didn't say all lives matter. What is the difference? Well, because if he said all lives matter, then that might hurt black lives matter. And we can't have that. No, he's saying what so many people know instinctively. All lives matter. Hey, real quick, we're running out of time today. I want to get this to you. Wall Street Journal pointing out Biden has new stupid tricks on who to blame inflation on. He's blamed the OPEC cartel for producing too little oil. He's accused the U.S. oil and gas producers of market manipulation. Now I got Elizabeth Warren 
She is blaming big poultry for increasing your prices for the Thanksgiving turkey. I can't make this stuff up. Then you got Biden, his answer to the gas prices is he's going to increase the U.S. oil lease fees 50%. Oh, that'll help you bring down the cost of gas. Absolutely. And as Willis uh, Eskenbach points out, the so-called carbon tax that people on the far left want hits the poorest the hardest. The wealthiest spend about 6% of their income on energy. The poorest in America spend just over 40% of their income on energy. So this means if energy costs go up by, say, 25% this, this winter, the rich will take a bite out of their income of about 1.5%. The poor, it will hurt about 10% of their income. And they're the ones who don't have disposable income. Well, no, we got to do it for the planet. Janice Falkenstern points out that Florida Governor DeSantis is looking for a billion-dollar cut in state gas and fuel taxes. So we've got reserves. It won't hurt our tax our tax base, and it will help people who are suffering. He also said he talked with executives at several large Florida-based gas stations, and all had agreed to lower the price of gas along the tax cut. I think you got to be careful on that. Don't get the governor into fixing prices. That often leads to shortages, and government should not be telling private businesses how much to charge. So I'll keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton says that Americans are gullible and they don't appreciate Biden's accomplishments. <laughs> well, another... Uh, is written a piece at The Atlantic saying, the problem with Biden isn't the bad things that are happening in America. It's that he needs an enemy. Can the president change the narrative and save democracy again? I will get you the details on that one tomorrow. My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience. (laughs) 